over 300 times in the Bible, we are told that God is a speaking God. The Bible opens with the voice of God in the garden with Adam and Eve. And then as we continue reading through the Bible, we'll see full conversations between God and Abraham and God and Moses. Uh, Then we can see how God gave Noah detailed instructions on how to build the ark. I want you to think about that. It had never rained on the planet, and God told Noah how to build a boat. Then as we get into, uh, you know, the prophets, we think about the life of a young man named Samuel. Uh, He heard the voice of God, and God told him things to come when he was just a boy. Then we turn over into the New Testament, and we see this phrase over and over again. We'll see that the Spirit said to Paul, or the Spirit said to Peter. And then Jesus, in John chapter 10, said several times, he said, My sheep, how many sheep we have in the room this morning? My sheep hear my voice. There's no doubt that when we read the Bible that God is a speaking, communicating God. And his voice can take on many forms. Ezekiel 43 says this in verse 2. And behold, the glory of the Lord of Israel came from the way of the east, and his voice was like the sound of many waters, and the earth shone with his glory. Then we go to 2 Samuel 22 and verse 14. It says, The Lord thundered from heaven, and the Most High uttered his voice. Then we go to 1 Kings 19 in the story of Elijah. In verse 12 it says, After the earthquake there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire there was a still small voice. So God's voice can be anything from this loud, thunderous, you know, sound like the roar of the ocean to this still small voice. It can take on many forms, but it's clear that God speaks to his people. This morning, I want to look at one more example of the Holy Spirit speaking in the book of Acts. In Acts chapter 8 is going to be our text. In verse 26, it says, Now an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Arise and go toward the south along the road which goes down from Jerusalem to Gaza, for this is desert. Now, this is the story of God speaking to Philip. And at first, the angel of the Lord just gives him some general direction. He just says, just go down that way. And I've noticed a pattern over the years that uh, most of the times God does not give us 10 steps in detail. He gives us one. (laughs) He gives us some general direction. And then as we are obedient to take that first step, God will then reveal step number two. And as we're obedient to take step number two, then God will reveal step number three. I know occasionally he'll give you these detailed plans for the next five years of your life. But often it's that daily dependence on God that he's just saying, just son, just go there. Daughter, just go there. And that's what the angel of the Lord does to Philip. He says, just right now, just obey this direction. I want you to just head south toward Gaza. He tells him to go to the desert, and Philip obeys. Then verse 27 says, He arose and he went, and behold, a man of Ethiopia, a eunuch of great authority under Candace, the queen of the Ethiopians, who had charge of all her treasury and had come to Jerusalem to worship. He was returning, and sitting in his chariot, he was reading Isaiah the prophet, verse 29. Then the Spirit said, everyone everyone say, the Spirit said. 
I want you to see this over and over and over again. He's not just talking to Peter. He's not just talking to Paul. We know those guys were apostles, great apostles. But here's Philip who started as a deacon. Philip started his ministry serving mashed potatoes at the church potluck. Okay, that's what he's doing. He, he's just a, he's a regular guy, and eventually he becomes this evangelist, but the Spirit is speaking to him. He says, I want you to go near and overtake this chariot. Now, again, I just love this phrase because it's found all throughout the New Testament. This is after Jesus has ascended. He's gone back to the Father. Now the Holy Spirit has come, and he's living here among us and in us, and he clearly speaks to Philip. He says, go, overtake this chariot. Now, we're not going to look at this story in detail today because uh, the week after Easter, we're going to look at it really, really closely. We're going to do water baptisms the Sunday after Easter. So if you have never been baptized in water, we would love to have you be a part of that service. It's going to be a great time of celebration. And we're going to use this text to kind of get into the details. But basically, this guy's riding along in his automobile, right? He is riding along in his chariot. He's reading the Bible, the prophet Isaiah, the same prophet that you and I read today. But he doesn't understand what he's reading. And so the Holy Spirit says, hey, Philip, I want you to run up there, jump in that guy's chariot, start talking to him, and explain to him the gospel of Jesus Christ. And that's literally what Philip does. The guy hears the word. His faith is sparked. He gets saved, and he's baptized in that, on that same day. It's really an awesome story. But it's only made possible because, number one, the Holy Spirit spoke. And number two, Philip listened and he obeyed. And church, that's really the purpose of this series. We're not looking to hear the voice of God so somehow we can feel like we're these super spiritual people. right? We're not looking to hear the voice of God because we want to be puffed up in some way. We want to hear his voice so we can do his will. We, we, that's why we want to do this. We want to, we want to hear his voice so we can be the best stewards of this life that we can be. We don't want to waste our time, our talent, our energy, our resources chasing things that don't matter. We want to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit so that we can bring him glory. Somebody say amen this morning. That's our heart. That's our purpose. So, so far in this series, we've talked about his voice over and over again. But for our focus this morning, I want to talk about our ears, our ears. It's one thing to understand that God speaks. It's another thing to understand that you and I, we have a responsibility to listen. We have a responsibility to listen. Jesus repeated a certain phrase in the New Testament 13 times. 13 times. If you repeat something 13 times, at least in my life, you're either my wife telling me we need to stop for a bathroom break on a road trip, <laughs> my grandkids telling me anything, you're going to get it 13 times. Or you're Jesus really, really trying to make a point. And so over and over again, we hear this phrase. Here's the phrase. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He says it three times in the book of Matthew. He says it one time in the book of Mark. Twice he says it in the book of Luke and then seven times in the book of Revelation. Why would Jesus say this? He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And why would he say it 13 times? Now, either there's an epidemic of people without ears. Or he's not really talking about what we do with these two things on the side of our head. Jesus is saying this. 
He's saying, it's possible to hear my words, but miss my message. It's possible to just hear audibly or physically, but miss what I'm saying to you spiritually. Miss what I'm talking to you about in your heart. Do you ever say to your kids or your spouse, are you listening to me? Right? We, we do. Now, when you're saying that, you're, you're not questioning their ability to hear you physically, are you? What are you saying? Are you paying attention? Is this sinking in? Well, not only do our kids struggle to hear us, but God's kids struggle to hear him. Come on, somebody. Because we often are consumed by this world of distraction. There's always been a problem with distraction dating back to the garden when Eve got distracted by the voice of the serpent. But today you and I can barely go a few seconds without being distracted by a voice. Texts and emails and messages and notifications were just bombarded by voices. No wonder we have such a hard time hearing from God. But the Bible is clear that you and I get to decide to whom or what we incline our ears. I'm not saying we get to decide all the sounds around us. We can't control those things. But we get to decide where we are going to give our hearts to. Where we are going to give our attention to. You and I get to decide that. Proverbs 2, look at this. Verse 1, it says, My son, if you receive my words and treasure my commandments within you so that you incline your ear, perk up your ear, you pay attention to wisdom and apply your heart to understanding. In this passage, the word of God is saying that the ear and the heart, they're connected. So what Jesus is saying is, give me your heart. I want your heart to hear what I'm saying. Verse 3, yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as hidden treasures, then, so after you've done these things, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now watch this, verse 6, for the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. Church, we have to understand that God is not hiding his will or his wisdom from us but rather he is inviting us in to a personal pursuit of him so that he can speak to us. Do you know that God likes speaking to people who want to hear him? You ever try to have a conversation with people who clearly are not interested? That's not very inspiring, is it? What do you want to do? You want to stop talking, right? If they're not paying it like me right now to you. If they're not paying attention, they're not interested, they're not leaning in, they're not, they're not engaged, what do you want to do? You want to stop talking. Well, you and I have to remember God is a person. And he has feelings. He has emotions. He can be grieved. And, and, and the Bible paints this picture that God wants to talk to people who want to hear him. God wants to be pursued by us. He says, come to me, value my words, treasure my commandments, seek me like you're looking for treasure, and then I will speak to you. God wants to be loved by those he loves. That's hard to believe, isn't it? That God would want our love. But he does. Over and over again, we're told to love the Lord God with all of our heart, mind, soul, 
and strength. He says, if you'll pursue me, I'll speak to you. Jeremiah 29, 13, it says, and you will seek me and find me when? When you search with all of your heart. Jeremiah 33 and verse 3 says, call to me. And when you call to me, I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know. God is a God who speaks, but we get to decide where we are going to incline our ears. I think most men have been accused of having selective hearing. But ladies, you have it too. (laughs) You do. (laughs) Scripture warns us of selective hearing. One of those warnings is found in a letter from the Apostle Paul to a young pastor named Timothy who's training him for ministry. And I want you to see what Paul says to Timothy in 2 Timothy 4 and verse 2. He says, preach the word, Timothy. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince and rebuke and exhort with all longsuffering and teaching. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. But according to their own desires, because they have itching ears... They will heap for themselves teachers. What kind of teachers? Teachers who will tell them what they want to hear. And they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What a passage. The Apostle Paul says, listen, young man, listen, young preacher. There's going to come a time where people will not want to listen to truth anymore. And they will turn aside from the truth and they will find themselves teachers who will tell them, preachers, pastors who will tell them things they want to hear instead of God's truth. I have seen this unfold before our eyes in the past few years. Big name TV preachers have compromised their teaching in so many ways in order to please the ears of those who've turned away from truth. So many men and women of God are now teaching a different gospel, one that fits better with the culture. You know why? Because we have itching ears and compromising teachers. Church, please be careful who you listen to. Some of the most famous preachers of our day are now taking the scriptures and doing things like this. They're going to say, you know what? I know we have believed this for 2,000 years, but, but we're wrong. And And we're so much smarter nowadays than they were 2,000 years ago. So what, what this says is not really what this means. C.S. Lewis called that chronological snobbery. Where one generation automatically thinks it's smarter than its previous generation. We have all thought that at one time. Especially when we hit about 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. Until we hit about 30, we think our parents are morons. And we hit about 40, we think our parents are the smartest people on the planet. Has anyone ever evolved on that a little bit? If you don't think I'm telling the truth, just look back to the way life used to be 40 or 50 years ago. And now, look, we, we are a confused people. Our parents knew a lot of stuff we didn't know. Our grandparents knew a lot of stuff that we don't know. Chronological snobbery. And so now we have preachers today who say, I know what the Bible says, but surely that's not really what it means. These preachers are masters of nuance, not even realizing when they say, did God really say? You know who they're, you know who they're quoting? 
Satan. That's exactly what he said to Eve. He said, ah, did God really say that? Church, be careful who you listen to. I don't care how well-spoken they are, how flashy they preach, how big their church is. Itching ears and compromising teachers are everywhere. If your favorite preacher can take the word of God and make it somehow go with the flow of culture, you need a new favorite preacher. Truth is truth even when it's not popular. Truth is truth even when it convicts me. Truth is truth even when it tells me that I need to change. And if I disagree with God on something, it's not God that needs to change his mind. Itching ears and compromising preachers are everywhere. We must pursue God, know him for ourselves, through the scriptures and by his precious Holy Spirit who lives in us and speaks to us. Now, some folks might say, Pastor, I don't hear from God. I, I don't hear from God, and I'm not sure I ever have. Well, let's, let's talk honestly for a couple of moments here so we close out this series. How much time do we spend inclining our ears? Not trying to shame anyone. We're all learning together. We're all on this journey together. I don't know anyone who feels like they spend enough time in prayer, including me. But I'm just saying how much time, let's be honest, if, if we're going to say, well, you know, you, for three weeks you've told us that God speaks, but it's been a long time since I heard God speak. Well, let's just be honest. How much time do we spend leaning in? How much time do we spend inclining our ear to hear the Lord? How do, you, how do you do that? Church, you know, God is available. He's available. He's not busy. He's present. He's here. He's not distant. And he speaks for those who incline their ears. So how do we hear his voice? Number one, I'm just going to give you a, a few practical things. No rocket science here. It's all stuff we probably know. But number one, just get alone with God. Just get alone with God. Now, for some of us, that's easy. We have a lot of time on our hands. We're in a season in life where, you know, we're alone a lot, or maybe we, we live alone. You say, Pastor, my problem is I got too much time. I don't want to be alone that much. I, I, I get that. For some of us, it's easy to find time alone. For some of us, we, it's really hard to find time alone. If you're a mom, you don't get to go to the bathroom by yourself. Right? It, I mean, it's very hard to, to find. I'm, I'm, I'm listening we have two, we have bathrooms across the hall from each other. And I listen sometimes to my daughters communicate. One is in one shower, water running. The other's in the other shower, water running. And they're trying to communicate one to another. I'm like, girls, just give it a break, all right? <laughs> How about a little bit of time with the Lord in there? They're like, hey, can you bring me the shampoo? I'm like, I don't want to witness this. How is this going to happen? <laughs> all right. They're talking all the time. If A lot of folks just don't have that time alone. But listen, we make time for what's important to us. So 
So you got to figure that out, right? And I know life is a life, uh, uh, it's a life of seasons and seasons change, but you got to figure out how am I going to get some time alone with God? Maybe it is that shower time. Maybe it is driving down the road in your car. It's your commute to work or your commute to, you know, go pick up something or someone or whatever it is, but you got to find some time to get alone with God. You're not going to hear his voice if you're not spending some time with him inclining your ear. Number two, you got to read or listen to scripture. Some of us don't like to read. That's okay. Your Bible, your phone will actually read the word of God to you. But God often speaks through his word. We've got to get the word on the inside of us. Again, not trying to shame anybody, not trying to guilt anybody. But we've got to ask ourselves, how much time do we spend in God's word? We can't neglect our Bibles and then say God doesn't speak. It doesn't work that way. How about this one, praise and worship? Not here, but on your own. I'm talking at home, in your car, in the shower, sing, lift hands, dance, even if you're white and chubby. Come on, somebody. I'm telling you, you got to put on some music. You got to lift your voice because your voice often makes way for God's voice. God loves to be worshipped. He says, where people worship me, I will, I will be enthroned there. I will set up my throne there. When we have hearts of thanksgiving, it is the gateway into the presence of God. God said, if someone starts to praise me, their praise is like a magnet to my presence. And if, if here is the only time you're singing to God, you are missing out on a great opportunity to hear his voice. One of the greatest blessings in life is when you are alone, nobody's watching, there's no microphone, and you are lifting up holy hands to the God who gave them to you and worshiping him. Number four, here's here's kind of the opposite. Be still. Do you know that silence is a form of prayer? Be still and know that I am God. Sometimes we just need to shut. Have you ever tried to just sit still and do nothing? It is hard. It is hard. Some of y'all say, not for me, preacher. (laughs) I didn't say go to sleep. (laughs) But just, just sit in silence before God and say, God, today I want to hear your voice. I want to know you. Silence is an awesome form of prayer. How about this one? Number five, meditate on scripture. Now, the world teaches meditation as emptying your mind. Listen, the world does not need more airheads. <laughs> okay? But the Bible teaches meditation of filling our minds with the Word of God. And a way that we meditate is take one scripture and just think about that one scripture and just see what God would say to you. Psalm 23 and verse 6, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So if I'm overwhelmed, I just need to spend some time with God. I'm just thinking about Psalm 23 and verse 6 and I'm thinking surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. Surely goodness 
and mercy. And I just picture myself just walking with God and I've got goodness over here and I've got mercy over here and they are following me. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And when I get overwhelmed with this world and how crazy it is and it seems like we just go from crisis to crisis to crisis and if it's not a a new pandemic, it's a bank failure and it's an economy thing and it's, you know, all sorts of scandal and stuff. I just keep, keep reminding myself, Dave, I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's my future. My life here is about 70, 80 years, whatever the Lord gives me. But my eternity is I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. That's how you meditate on Scripture. Just take one. Just drill down deep on it. Spend time with God. God, take your truth and make it real to me. Number six, pray the Scriptures. We talked about that earlier this year about how do you know what to pray? How do we know, to, how, do, how are we going to pray according to the word of God is, is, in the will of God as we take the Holy Scriptures and we begin to pray them back to him? It's a powerful way to hear his voice. And then finally, number seven, write it down. If you feel like God is speaking to you something, write it down. One of my biggest regrets in life is not writing more things down. When something is important, we take notes. And if we expect God to speak, don't go into the presence of God. Don't go into a prayer time without taking something to write with. Because I'm telling you, I can look back at some things in my life that God spoke to us 20 years ago that give me such strength today. And to know that God was faithful to show me back then what he was going to do today. Nobody can talk you out of that. When discouragement gets real big in your life, you can look back and you say, my God has a track record. He has been good to me. Goodness and mercy are chasing me down. They're following me everywhere that I go. God has shown me he's going to do this, and he did it. He was faithful. And if he was faithful then, he'll be faithful today. you got to remind yourself. you got to rehearse the goodness of God in your life because we are a people who forget. We're a people who forget. Write it down. Friends, there are voices all around us. I'm going to ask Christian to come. We're going to close in a song here in just a minute. But the voice of God is the most important voice in our lives. Most important voice in our lives. The prophet Isaiah said it this way. Isaiah 55. Look at this passage with me. Isaiah 55 verse 1. He says, ho! (laughs) What what does that mean? Hey! (laughs) He's saying, pay attention! Wake up. Just right now, look at the person next to you. Make sure they're awake. If they're asleep, if they're nodding off, just elbow them. A real good one in the name of Jesus. Go ahead. Ho, prophet is speaking. Ho, look, pay attention. Talking. He says, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come and buy and eat. Yes, come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. Watch this, verse 3. Incline your ear. Same thing we've said over and over again. Jesus in the New Testament. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Incline your ear. Give me your attention. Lean into me, God says. He says, incline your ear and come to me, and then what will happen? Hear, and your soul shall live. The prophet is saying that we spend so much time and money and energy and resources searching things for things to fill our emptiness and satisfy our souls, and then even after we get them, we're still empty. 
Because the thing, the goal, the career, the promotion, the money, the house, the car, the girlfriend, the boyfriend, the husband, the wife, those are not the things that our souls truly long for. You and I are created to know God and to live in His will. And Isaiah says, if you're thirsty, I want you to come. I want you to incline your ear. I want you to hear the voice of your God because it is His voice that your soul is longing for. Is anybody anybody desperate to hear God? Is anyone a little tired of just church as usual? Anyone need a fresh touch of His Spirit? I love you. Church, let's be honest. It's easy for us to walk in Grab a coffee, get a donut, have. And what we do inside is we take our spiritual time card and we punch it. And we know about 60 minutes later, we're going to clock out. We're going to go right back out those doors. Hey, y'all, Jesus did not die for that. Jesus died so that we could have an alive, active, real, personal relationship with a God who speaks. Revelation 3 in verse 20, Jesus said this, Behold! I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and then does what opens the door, I will come in to him and dine with him and he with me. The early church was so dependent on the voice of God. Why in the world would we think we don't need him just as much as they did? I don't understand people who say that God doesn't speak today. What kind of faith would we have if it wasn't for an alive, speaking, communicating God? Jesus wants to talk more than we even want to listen. 